Welcome to the IP Mentor Podcast. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to start a new year like an expert? If so, today's episode is for you. I'm Missy Travis, a certified infection preventionist and the creator of the IP Mentor Educational Series. Today, we're going to continue our discussion about starting your new year like an expert, and we're going to be covering your disinfectant list. So stay tuned as I teach you practical tips and skills for becoming an expert IP. Thanks for joining me today. Let's recap. So we have been talking about kicking off the year like an expert. This is the third part of this series. So if you have not listened to one and two, I recommend you go back and listen to those first and then come back to part three. So let's talk about what we have covered so far. Um, In the first part, we talked about your annual infection prevention program. And I said that this was one of the most important things you can do Um, for getting your year started off right. Um, I do believe that from the bottom of my heart that you need to have that program in place. You really need to have direction for your program. Otherwise, you are just going to be wandering around aimlessly, allowing other people to set your priorities. If you don't set your priorities and intentions for the program for the year, I guarantee you other people will find priorities and intentions for you. The next topic we discussed was annual training, where we discussed the various um, items that need to be covered on an annual basis for either regulatory reasons or um, because that was in your plan or it's required by your state. For whatever reason, I gave you kind of a general list of things that you would want to cover on an annual basis, and you may want to add to that list. Um, You know, I don't think you can do too much training in infection prevention. Um, I don't think we can ever train enough. So if there are other things you want to add to that list, feel free to add things to that list. So let's move on to the next topic, which is the disinfectant list review. I remember when I first started off as an infection preventionist and I was learning all the different things about infection prevention, I thought I knew everything I was supposed to be doing. And then one day I was talking to someone and they said something about their disinfectant list. And immediately I thought, what are they talking about? A disinfectant list. And so I asked some questions and I found out that this is something that you do for your infection prevention program. You have a a disinfectant list that gets approved every year by your infection prevention committee or whoever is overseeing your infection prevention program. And really the purpose of this is just to make sure that we are using the correct disinfectants that everyone knows what we're using and that we are using them appropriately and that we have support of our committee as well as you as the infection preventionist, that you know what's being used. Um, And so that we can have confidence in the products that are being used by environmental services. So it's really important that every year you review the list. And if you're like me and you're new to infection prevention and you've never heard of this concept before, that's okay. You can create this list now. But if you already have a list, 
pull that list out and let's review that current list of disinfectants and get approval from your committee. Again, sometimes you're just taking it through to say this is the same disinfectant list from last year. Sometimes you've changed the disinfectant list. I've worked in multiple facilities where mid-year, because of, for contract reasons or because I went to APEC and I found this wonderful new product, that we changed something on our disinfectant list. And if you do change it mid-year, you do want to take it back through your committee at that time. But I would still just to stay on schedule, do it again at the beginning of the year, unless you know that you're going to change it to that time every year. I find that it's just easier to do everything at the same time every year in terms of those annual requirements, or for me, that seemed to be the easiest thing. But you do what's, what's easiest for you if there's nothing prescriptive about that. Um, but I do want to give you a word of caution about this list. Because sometimes as the IP, we live in our own world. We think everyone's following our policies and procedures. We've done a great job coming up with this list. Of course, everyone's using everything on the list. I will tell you, I have been surprised in the past by what I actually found when I went to the cleaning cart. I found things on that cart that were not on the list. And when I was went looking for the things on the list, I found some things buried in the closet and they weren't being used. And so my best advice to you would be to take the list, do rounds with the environmental services leader, and determine if the products match. And if they don't match, find out why they don't match. Sometimes there's a good reason why they're not using that product. Maybe, um, you know, they feel like it's not safe or they someone had a rash and no one ever told you about it. Because sometimes they don't think about infection prevention as being a part of the, the cleaning and disinfection program. They think we're environmental services. This is our job. We're doing this. They forget to tell you that they've changed products. And it's very important that you as the infection preventionist know what products are being used. And so I would advise you to do this, to actually go see what is in the closets um, and what is actually on the carts. A couple of other things that you want to look for when you're doing these rounds and talking to the environmental services staff and verifying what's on that product list. Um, you want to look to make sure there is an EPA approval number on the label and you want to make sure everything is labeled as well, that, that we know what product is in the spray bottle. If there is a spray bottle without a label on it, then we need to discard that. Or if they are 100% sure what's in that bottle, they just did it that day, we need to get a label on that product because we need to know what that product is, what the contact time is, what the EPA approval number is. And many times, especially if you are putting things in reusable bottles, the companies have labels for you to use for those bottles. I'm very leery of spray bottles that are blank or someone has just written on them with a Sharpie. I want to see an actual label from the manufacturer or I want the disinfectant to come in a pre-labeled bottle that is a single-use bottle. Um, the other thing that you can ask is, are the appropriate contact times being used? And so the best way to assess this is just to ask, how long do you allow the disinfectant to sit on a surface wet before you consider it completely disinfected? 
just ask the question. And this is a good question not only to ask environmental services, but also to ask any other staff that is doing cleaning and disinfection. Is the correct personal protective equipment being used? And I have found lapses in this practice over the years um, where you'll look on the label and it says to wear eye protection. You rarely ever see people wearing eye protection. Um, so you want to make sure that whatever's on the label, that that is what is being done. And sometimes it may just be that you need to switch disinfectants. If it's not working and people um, feel like the personal protective equipment is cumbersome, um, maybe you have a disinfectant that is too strong or, you know, I'm always in favor of getting something less hazardous to the health of the people using the product. So use whatever can be um, appropriate for that particular surface um, that poses the least risk to the people who are using it. And so those questions can come up as well whenever you are assessing if the correct personal protective equipment is being used. Now, is the right disinfectant being used for the right conditions? For example, if you have um, a patient with C. diff, are they using bleach? Um, are they using something that is appropriate to kill that uh, particular multi-drug resistant organism? Um, so, or if you're working in the operating room, are they using the appropriate disinfectants to clean the OR? So that's the other thing that you want to look at as you're going throughout your facility or your organization. Are we using the correct disinfectants um, for the right conditions or at the right time? Only products on the list are to be used in the facility. And so, and I alluded to this a little bit earlier, um, when you start doing rounds, I have found in my experience, when I actually start looking at the carts that are being used, I have found products on that cart that are not on the list. They have been brought in from home. Someone liked the smell of a particular cleaner disinfectant and they brought it in not realizing that you can't just bring something into a health care healthcare organization that has not been approved and does not meet all of these conditions that we're talking about. And so that's the other reason why I think it's so important when you're verifying this list to interact with the people who work in environmental services because you can also educate them because many times they, you know, they just feel like, oh, you know, I like this product. I'm going to bring it in. They don't realize that, you know, there's a reason why we have to use these particular products that are on the list because of the surfaces that we're cleaning, because of the diseases that we're treating, and because we're working in a healthcare setting and there are more um, stringent requirements whenever you're working um, around people um, in the public and people who are coming in for health care. And then finally, the right disinfectant is being used for the right surface. Um, a lot of times this comes into play whenever you are cleaning electronics, certain um, healthcare equipment that requires um, a specific type of cleaner or disinfectant. 
Um, so it's important to pay attention to that whenever you are um, looking at your various um, pieces of equipment and you're instructing the people in environmental services or perhaps the people who work in that department are the ones who are doing the cleaning and disinfection. Just want to make sure that you're looking at the manufacturer's instructions and make sure that you are using the correct disinfectant for that right surface because we want to make sure that everything gets cleaned and disinfected but we don't want to ruin equipment um, while we're doing that so it's a pro so it's important that you know that you do have the that you are using the correct cleaning and disinfectant for that right surface you may think of other things to add to this list once you start the process um, so as you are doing your rounds, you may see something else and think, oh, I need to add that to my list for next year, or I need to go ahead and look at it now and I'm going to add it to my list for next year. Um, but I do promise you, as you go through this process, if you do make a list next year, it's going to be a breeze when you do this because you've already gone through it. You've already talked to people. They know what to expect. You've already set up a process. And so, um, you know, it's going to be so much easier when you go through this next year. And, and I really like it as an infection preventionist when I have a process in place and the next year comes along and all I have to do is just recreate that process again. I don't have to reinvent the wheel. Um, and whenever you're making this disinfectant list, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. You can create a simple list with the name, the active ingredient, the contact time, and then you might even add what that's used for, especially if you have a special disinfectant for, um, you know, your specialty areas, such as areas where you have uh, neonates or if you have um, a C. diff unit or if you're using something on a particular piece of equipment then you can always add that onto the list as well so that whenever you're getting approval everyone knows why you have these different products because in general um, I feel like it's best if you can have one or two products uh, for the entire facility just because then everyone's familiar with the products, they know the contact time, they know what personal protective equipment to wear. But that may not be realistic depending on what type of environment in which you're working as the infection preventionist. You may need multiple products. So if that's the case, it might be helpful to add that final column as to where it's being used or why it's uh, be, why this particular product is different than the other products on the list. So I hope that this has been helpful for you today. Um, if you've enjoyed this conversation, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you know when epi new episodes um, appear. And remember, I'm here to help you learn how to become an IP expert. Thanks for listening today.